0: Well, good morning, and thank you for your presence here on this beautiful Tuesday in our 23rd week. We hear today, again, a continuation of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Kolos, as you have heard said and many know, it was a kind of Western, modern-day Turkey, western, central mountainous region. And uh, it is a community that had been evangelized in the travels of Paul. And he's writing to them today the continuation of his letter to them reminding them of this new life they have in the faith. If you, as He tells us, as you have received Christ, the Lord, walk in him, rooted in him, built upon him, and established in the faith as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. There's a, a back story to this letter in the sense that the, the people of Coloss, the Colossians as we know them, uh, were being presented with a lot of um, modifications to the... Or augmentation, if you will, to the teaching of Paul's, God, the teaching of Paul's message about Christ, and it was being augmented with some additional adjustments or enhancements that were perceptions of the people, or in many ways you could argue preferences of people who had an understanding of faith and what it meant. And so, confusion was developing within the community of Colossus, in the region of Colossus where what is the truth of Christ and what is the message? Uh, In other words, said differently in our modern day language, what is the dogma of the faith versus some preference that's out here on the extremity? That's a personal preference. It's not dogmatic. It's not doctrinal. It's not core to the faith. It's a person's interpretation of how to express that faith. And so Paul is speaking into that. He's reminding them to be rooted in the truth of Christ, which is he is the son of God, love and compassion, are the the calibration and how we live our day, and the summation of all these laws is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, the core, the dogmatic core of the faith. That's what he was trying to focus them on. He said this, for in him, in Christ, dwells the whole fullness of the deity bodily, and you share in this fullness in him, who is the head of every principality and power. And so there's no other source of authority in their life than Christ himself. These these other assumed authorities, these other individuals who are attempting to teach this augmented understanding of the faith, they are to be looked upon very carefully and judged in the sense as, well, if that what is being said is not something Christ taught, I need to be very, I need to be very prudent in listening to whatever this teaching is so that I am not confused and that I'm not caught up in something that's peripheral to my faith. Our gospel reading from Luke, you just heard the deacon read, is is beautiful in that sense because what the the gospel writer Luke is telling us is he gives us first the names of the twelve. This is the calling of the names. They've now been named and given to us beautifully so in this sixth chapter. And then we're told this, we're told several things, but first, the the pericope today, this selection from Scripture, begins with a, a teaching point for all of us. Jesus departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. Boy, that's a reminder for all of us, that importance of prayer in our life, this quiet time with God, this personal moment of reflection and interaction, sitting most usefully in silence, where we allow him to flood us with his presence with his glory, with, his, with our awareness of his presence and beauty in our lives. just We need to create that time, carve out that space each day to be fed by him. Whether it's an entire night spent in prayer, well, that's for individual discernment, but some time each day in prayer is very important. Then Luke gives us the detailed calling of the 12, the naming of the twelve, And then we're told he came down with them and stood on a stretch of level ground. And a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of people, from all of Judea, Jerusalem, from the coastal regions, Tyre and Sidon, they came to hear him. There's a message there. You have this naming of the 12, and they're assumed and assigned leadership positions in founding the church. First of all, Simon Peter, upon this rock, this church will be built. The naming of the other 11 as well. But then this detail, this great crowd, many came to this level plain where they were standing. Well, that's all of us. So the key message perhaps on this morning is several. Number one, we have an identity in Christ, and it's really important each day that we focus on the core, the truth of Christ. Beautifully so in our Catholic expression of the faith, we call that the creed. That's why we say the creed every Sunday. It's why we say it on feast days. The creed, that's the teaching of the faith, the dogmatic teaching. Other customs and developments develop over time in the expression of our faith but they're not dogmatic. They are ways of expressing our faith. They are not dogmatic. I'll, I'll offer this, this recent uh, energetic discussion within the church regarding how the mass should be expressed, whether it should be expressed in this language or that language, that is not dogmatic. That is peripheral. And if a person is overinvested in the periphery, they're missing the point. That is the issue, is this is the dogmatic teaching of the Church, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. How that's expressed and the language in which it is expressed is not central to the faith. It is not dogmatic. This is exactly what Paul's talking about. Stay centered on the focus. Don't get caught up in the periphery. That's distracting. The second message is the inclusivity of the Christian world, the inclusivity, not exclusivity, inclusivity this great crowd is there because all are invited to Christ. Once we enter into the faith by saying I believe and I desire to know the teachings of the faith, that then puts us in an exclusive position of not not some assumed hierarchy, not assumed elevation above society, it just means I'm going to exclude from my life those ways of being that are antithetical to the walk in Christ. That's what it means. The invitation is very inclusive, it's expansive to the whole world. All are welcome to come to hear Christ and to follow him. Having decided to follow Christ, that places me as a person in an exclusive experience of I'm excluding from my life those things, those behaviors, those ways of being that have not to do with Christ. That's the exclusivity of Christ. The church is not a club. The church is not a private entity. The church is wide open and exclusive and, and inclusive, having decided to follow the church and enter the church and claim the baptismal creed and claim the identity as, as Catholic, that places an exclusivity upon me to exit from my life those things that are not in keeping with the truth of Christ and the teaching of the church. God bless us all in our continued walk in faith. Let us turn now to our petitions to our Father in heaven.